Welcome back to Visual Novel Book Club. I'm your pal Slowbeef. With me, of course, is my good friend Devious Vacuum. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. My good friend Oren Ronan. Hey. My good friend Turbo C. Hello. My good friend Jim. Hi, y'all. And we're back with door five, I believe, of the house of Fata Morgana. Wait, house in Fata Morgana? <laughs> I, always, I always do that. You'll get it eventually. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I probably won't. <laughs> Buckle up, folks. Buckle buckle the fuck up, as they say. We sure did a whole chapter. This was a thing. Alright, chapter four, Redux. Chapter five, The Fifth Door, 1099. It opens with the title, The Cursed Mansion. We open with Giselle leaving the capital. Which is Paris, by the way. Yeah, it's, it's, a, real, uh, it's a real beginning of... Um, Elder Scrolls type of it's a <laughs> type of situation. We, but the camera fades in as she's like in the back of a horse-drawn cart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's the Skyrim old thing. She's talking about the Grand Pont, which is actually the old bridge uh, that led to Paris. So, so it mm. is Paris. It's definitely Paris. Ah, cool. interesting. And so it's Paris in 1099. So once again, they don't they don't actually say what the places are, but they give you enough in to figure it out. And everybody's French, so I mean, yeah. And uh, it's the what? It's the Dark Ages. It definitely is the Dark Ages. Yes, yes, absolutely is. Do, I don't personally have a lot of like historical like anchoring to this particular point in time. So if anybody's like super into this time period, feel free to jump in. <laughs> I, I will. <laughs> 1099. Yeah, oh, 10, 1099 is the the first crusade. It is the conquering of Jerusalem. So there are holy Christian knights out there doing a bunch of crazy stuff as dictated by the Pope. And that comes in handy for later. And what mm. else? What what the, the main thing I think is like what were other people's lives like during that time? I don't know. Oh, the Dark Ages wasn't really a good time to live. <laughs> No, it doesn't sound like it. Uh, Why didn't they simply just live in a different time? (laughs) Why didn't they just go to the light ages? I would would just go where it was light. Yeah, why why did they not simply live with progressive values? I don't know. Well, we got a narco-syndicalist commune going on over here if y'all want to join. Yeah. (laughs) We'll get get to the communist utopia village. (laughs) (laughs) So Giselle is being... uh, driven uh, well she's being escorted i guess uh, she's getting a ride out of the city uh, she was she was banished she's like the coachman won't talk to me cuz to him i'm a criminal and um he the he drops her off at the mansion that she's looking for without a word so she knows that she's being sent here um and as soon as she is dropped off by her by the coachman who immediately leaves and like doesn't talk to her and it's just like bye um <laughs> The story plays out the same as we saw in the Black Mirror earlier, where uh, Giselle enters and it's dark and she like feels her way around, ends up at the chapel, meets Michelle. He warns her that the the witch is me. I think. Wait, correct me if I'm wrong here, but he's even more of a dick this time around, isn't he? 
well, he said in the be- in the original Black Mirror scene, he was like, "Don't criticize my lifestyle," which was like so <laughs> fucking funny. And he says it again this time, which yeah. I love. <laughs> it plays exactly the same, and then it continues. So we, we didn't, we don't see it. Huh. I must just be misremembering then. All right. Yeah, it's like if it's like if someone was like. Dvac, why do you just spend all your time playing video games with all the lights off in this room, like with and with no one else around? And like, and I say, don't criticize my lifestyle. <laughs> God. Valid anyway. response. Yeah. So we continue. Um, this chapter has um, two, b- both of their perspectives. So Giselle's perspective has pink roses, and Michelle's perspective has blue leaves. Um, and we switch back and forth between them throughout the time um in the beginning it's just i think so that we can look at both of them because Mm -hmm. uh after that black mirror scene we switch to michelle's perspective and we see a portrait of giselle and uh when she was i guess alive and uh, she i mean in this a lot more than her portrait reveal in the last chapter she's very clearly the maid like she looks the same yeah yeah just with a haircut yeah, she has short hair, and she doesn't believe him that she doesn't believe him when he says he's the witch. She's like very, she's very like bubbly and positive, and like trying to uh, make a like make a good impression and be like upbeat, and um, it's kind of grates on him. He immediately says that he's not literally the witch, but he lives in this mansion, so he's he's the witch in that sense. Yeah. yeah, he's like whatever. Whatever's gonna get you to leave, okay? Yeah, <laughs> you know? he says a lot of shit like that. I have powers. Oh no, I don't actually. Yeah. What's scarier? That it's that one. <laughs> and also, like her dialogue takes on a real like modern tone in at least this translation. I don't know. Yeah. Lauren, is is that the same thing in, in it, it, Yeah, it's not. Um, it it has like modern elements to it. I saw I saw the localization went too far at some at a few points, but it's not. She, she she talks like a modern girl, even in Japanese. Sure. They all do. Just maybe with yeah. fancy awards from time to time. Yeah, he he almost seems like he's very like like proper but still modern. Did you um did you say like there this was like a hard this chapter maybe was like a hard or maybe this the game in general was like a hard uh, the entire game. So it's not it's it, 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 during dialogue it's usually okay, but when they're not doing dialogue when they're doing, doing descriptions, I feel like the um, authors just sat down with the thousands and and picked the, the most difficult words they could find for every concept. <laughs> <laughs> so so I have to sit down with a dictionary because I've never seen this word in Japanese before. So. Wow. It takes me so much time to read this. <laughs> they got you, huh? Of all people, wow. So but the it's but in English it's all it's all modern. Like they didn't pull out any any old old fashioned words that were particularly difficult. I was I was like half expecting Giselle to just say, Hey, what's up? Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Especially because she's very so casual. excitable. Yeah, like, she's so happy all the time. I think it li- it lends itself to, like, sounding more modern as well, just because she's so high energy, and we imagine people in the past not being <laughs> positive about anything, especially in the Dark Ages. Yeah. I mean, they, they are called that, so <laughs> to be fair. There's one instance near the end of the chapter that really made me think, I, I, they shouldn't have translated like that. Yeah. But there's also, like... 
like comparing this to the first chapter, which is very like Shakespearean, but also like kind of like formalized in tone, like dearest brother and dear sister, like that kind of yeah. stuff in the in the first one compared to this. Like this one, they're just like, now nah, we're just going to fuck it all in. This is this is very um, uh, like non like n- none of this is very formal. This is very informal dialogue. Sup? Sup, bro? <laughs> here's there's a witch in this in this bitch in this <laughs> oh my piece. God, this- <laughs> Yo, so I, so I got dropped off by this cabbie and I said, Yo, home, smell you later. <laughs> oh Just, I was like, This is a story about my how my life got turned upside down. <laughs> yeah. But then I think where, where, where it loses the impact is um, so, spoiler warning uh, and also content warning, I guess. So they started to use, mm-hmm. use the word rape in, in English. And in Japanese, it's yeah. always more like he, this, he violated me or, or something a little more prosaic. I would like to know what was the cultural significance of rape in 1099? Like, would someone have had that kind of reaction, or would it have been like, no, it was all her fault? I mean, in, like, all these fictionalized stories that, I mean, this happens, it's always this sort of reaction, but, of course, that's all fiction, so I don't know. I doubt there's much documentation of these types of incidents. And Michelle and Giselle... Like, they are, I think the casual language does help between them of, like, showing that they're, like, living their own life together outside of the rules of society. Like, they're living with their own values separate from whatever, like, cultural values that they might have been raised to have. Mm. And they have more humanistic values um, in the end. Yeah, and, and even, like, much, much, much later in the chapter, they, uh, Michelle is even just like, you know, let's, uh... Let's forego any of this act. You know, you and I are on equal footing. Yeah. But before that happened, a lot of shit happened. Mm-hmm. We're back at the beginning. A lot of not good shit. Giselle says to Michelle, it's a pleasure to meet you, Master. And uh, because she has been sent here to be his maid, um, she initially explains that she... Well, she initially lies and says, like, oh, I was, I was your mother's maid and I screwed up and I got punished, so now I'm banished here. And um, she says that it was his father's decision to banish her here. Michelle is, like, uh, like surprised at this. He doesn't like his family. Um, it's clear from the beginning. He doesn't want to have anything to do with them. He seems so nice, though. No, I'm kidding. And uh, all I wrote... So then they... From Michelle... The, the, a lot of their interactions are like this, and I think they can be summed up by... Michelle is upset that no matter how mean he tries to be to Giselle, he ends up being nice to her. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's like, as an unusual tact for a you know a male role in uh, House of Fata Morgana, he is mean at first. Yeah. But has a harder goal. <laughs> Didn't see this one coming from anywhere. Yeah, and he says shit to her, and then she, like, twists it around and makes it positive, and then he's like, no! And she's like, well, thanks, that's so nice of you, and he's like, ah, no, I'm mean. I'm a mean guy. I just gave you a sick burn! Respect the burn! You don't tell me I said you compliment, no! Michelle is so childish, though, like, especially, like, compared to our previous boys. I'm giving you a noogie, not combing your hair. Yeah. Right, it's been ten years alone in in a dark mansion, so yeah. But he's like a little too into it. Yeah, he needs to step up his his burn game. So she works. Uh, so Giselle w- works intentionally to try to get him to open up. In the previous chapter, the white haired girl is was just kind of like 
existing, and she was just, by her own natural kindness, like, got him to open up, but Giselle is, like, very intentional. She was like, no, I'm gonna make this relationship good, even if I have to force it. (laughs) (laughs) And she starts cleaning the mansion, and then great line that I love, she is like, why doesn't he open any of the windows? Maybe he's a vampire. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) I feel extremely acknowledged. Five chapters in, what, we finally get the word vampire? Yes, so she's worried that, she's like, oh, maybe he's a vampire. Um, but Giselle, throughout this whole thing, you know, she, she like, tries to clean in the dark, and, um, she's very positive about stuff, and she's, like, spunky. She's, <laughs> she's got hot spot. she's, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And she's not just spunky, she's smart. Like, she understands, yeah. like, she has a background which has prepared her to think a lot more about her situation than just, like, oh, this master's mean, oh well. Yeah, I think that's a big thing about Giselle, like, for, and not just necessarily that she was particularly educated for her time period, but she's just smart. She's a smart person. Yeah. So we get the books in again, with the falling books. Yeah. Um, uh, and this time we learn that she actually knows how to read, which surprises Michelle. Yeah, so he's he's suspicious because like it wouldn't make sense mm-hmm. that a maid would know how to read. And uh she says some stuff to herself. She like is like I'm a servant now, a servant. Um which like would implies that she was not previously. She is not, you know, always had to do this. And uh we get the book scene from Michelle's perspective as well and he explains everything and while he's explaining about the one book a month thing, Giselle counts all the books. And she's like, oh, it's, there's 121 books here. That means 10 years in one month that you've lived here. And he's like, ah. <laughs> we didn't have math at this time period. How did you know? No, I'm, uh. Stop paying attention to me. You multiplied. Which? <laughs> yeah. And, um, she asks if he was alone the whole time, and he says, truthfully, he had not always been alone, um, like, in his, like, inner monologue. He says, like, you know the answer, but in his monologue, inner, inner dialogue, he says, I've not always been alone, but she didn't need to know that, which I assume, uh, refers to the people he's murdered that have, like, been killed here or something. But who knows what that means. Yeah, we don't get an answer for that one. Or does he, or is he referring to the witch? Like, I don't know. Yeah. After the last chapter, it does seem to imply that he has murdered people straight up with his curse. Yeah, but he doesn't really have a curse. Right, but we don't know, we don't know this now. So maybe he just murdered people. <laughs> maybe it was like a series of just unhappy accidents, you know? Unfortunate events. Yeah. Okay, if you like. I meant more things like, Maybe somebody came over to say hi and the books fell on them. And it was all, it's like, oh, and that, oh, no. he, he's like, his curse is he's very clumsy. Like, fatally clumsy. Oh, no. And the most anime of curses. <laughs> Unfortunately, in this curse, he doesn't fall on her boobs. He just falls with a knife in his hand. <laughs> well, he does do that, too. Yeah, he does do that. <laughs> Later in the chat, yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert, he does that. So... Uh, Michelle explains that he came, he also says that he came to this mansion of his own volition, but he also lies, like, to her, like, to, to make him, to make, like, if there's a scarier lie that he can tell, he'll do that to try to, like, get her to go away, or, like, get the, get the action that he wants. Um. Which he never gets. She never understands that he's trying to get her to go away. And just the book that Giselle picks up to read is the same uh, Nobleman's Diary from Mel's chapter. 
of like complaining and stuff. Yep. And huh. um, and she's like, oh, this is interesting. And she and she's like asking him about what kind of like books he likes. And she he's like, oh, this is boring. And she's like, oh, but like we get to know about like what this person's life was like. And isn't that interesting? And um, Michelle's uh, dialogue inner inner dialogue has a line. Uh, there was nothing more exhausting in this world than being emotional <laughs> when talking about Giselle. <laughs> I love that. Um, <laughs> I th- this whole like dynamic, I just really enjoy. Yeah, uh, the whole thing of like the really like grumpy like introverted Michelle who's like actually like wants to be nice but won't let himself, and then the like really effusive, over the top Giselle who's just very empathetic and like too empathetic too kind yeah it's it's two different ways of coping with similar like circumstance which is like getting shut out of of things either makes you like turtle in or get over the top out yeah it's it's i I like them a lot Uh, i like their their cute little romance scenes um and uh, so Giselle resolves to keep on working on getting Michelle to open up. And um, at some point she asks him, like, is anyone else here? And he says, no one alive. Like a fucking goth. <laughs> <laughs> and it just bounces right off her. And I love every time that happens because that's exactly what he deserves. <laughs> um, he tells her to eat a rotten parsnip. <laughs> Um, That's pretty great. When she asks about the food and there's the whole, it's leading up to the real version of that whole like loot box scene. Um, she's like, he's, he like, he doesn't like parsnips as we learn. Um, and so there's some that are uneaten and he's like, well, it's fine. It's food. And she's like, no, it's not. Are you kidding me? And she's like way over the top. Like you need to eat good food. And, uh, they get the, the box of food, uh, delivered and uh, she also asks, "Can I? Can we make re- requests?" And uh, he's like, "Yeah, I guess." Um, let's see. And they so she's oh, and she thinks about how she could request things to start a garden outside. And in addition to there being food in the box, there is also a painting. And uh, Michelle suddenly gets very upset. Uh, but he relaxes when he sees it's just a landscape painting, the one, the landscape painting that the man was in that talked to us and gave us a key. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, he says, uh, he's like annoyed and then he's like, re- and then he relaxes and then he says, if it's not of that girl, it's not of that girl, so it's an improvement. Um, so before we have seen paintings of the white haired girl, so can assume that that was the paintings that were sent to him before. Yeah. Which, again, this makes you wonder, like, what what else is going on there? And just, you know, for the rest of this chapter, this is not addressed. And, uh, but it's basically his mother... So we we know that his mother was sending him paintings, and that was a painting of that girl... Um, they have an argument about how they, he's not obligated to tell her anything, and she's not obligated to be here. This is the main crux of their arguments, which is anytime Michelle doesn't want to do anything, he can just be like, well, you don't have to be here, and I don't have to tell you anything. And he even, like, uses his rank to be like, look, you're my, you're my servant, I don't have to do anything to you. See, though, he didn't do stuff like this last time, though, right? No, because that was fake nope. and made up. 
Yeah. Right. No, but yeah, that's why. Okay. He was. He's a lot meaner in this. He's very mean. That's what I thought. Yeah. Totally. In, in this, in and this he argument, touches her. yeah, he grabs her and and she gets really agitated and and pushes him away, and that's when he starts to think that she really is like fraud and hates him and just here to for some other reason. Yeah, and the fact that he grabs her also tells us that the curse from the last chapter is not real. There's no there's no magic in this chapter. Yep. But there but it, they definitely like the the um dialogue and the the writing emphasizes that like that's a moment like oh no, he touches her. This isn't the same thing, but also like it's a big it's a moment for her too. Like they she doesn't she's not comfortable with this. Yeah. And uh, Michelle even says, like, well, why are you upset? Like, this was your wish to be here. And she's, like, really indignant about that. Like, who would wish for this? Like, obviously, she's being punished as well. But She doesn't say that loud, but... Yeah. He just can't... He can't see things uh, past his own suffering to see that she is suffering as well. Yep. Yep. So he's suspicious, and let's see, um, he asks, Michelle asks Giselle what she did wrong that got her sent here, because she said, like, oh, you messed up, you know, what, what did you mess up? And she, like, doesn't want to tell him. And, uh, we learn that Michelle's family's last name is Bollinger? Yep. I'm sure that there's a way to pronounce it that's French. Probably with a more French pronunciation, yes. (laughs) I would guess Bollinger, but like that's complete guess. I have no idea. Bollinger. I think they do have the hard G, but I don't think they end on a hard R. I think it's just balls. Bollinger <laughs> sounds really funny um, to me because it's- I think, but yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the Bollinger family. Come, somebody tell me how to pronounce it in French. I should have asked one of the many people I know who speaks French before we recorded this podcast. I'm sorry. I'm gonna just uh I'm just gonna tweet it right now. How do I pronounce Bollinger in French? I'm sure they'll answer you. <laughs> I think you pronounce it Bofa. Yeah, Bofa these <laughs> Bollingers. Uh I looked up how to pronounce uh, not, not I didn't look up how to pronounce it. I looked up the Bollinger family to see if it was a real family. It is not from that time period. It is a uh it's currently a family that owns a vineyard, but it dates to like the late eighteen hundreds. So there is no historical Bollinger. But that name probably, like, is, is an old last name. It's, so. Yeah, it's an yeah. actual French last name that has existed. There's just no, like, historical Bollingers who existed back in the, you know... No, like, noble family. Yeah. Who were important in some historical event. That's probably good, considering all the fucked up shit they did. I mean... Yeah. yeah. Not good people, the Bollingers. No. The Bollinger. I don't... <laughs> Bollinger? What if it's something completely different? What if we're, like, completely missing the mark? The fucking assholes. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Offo. Jack Offo. That guy's a fucking saint. Jeez. Hey, we come from the Jack Offos. Yeah, so so Giselle won't tell Michelle why she was banished from his house, and uh, now Michelle's the one who's upset that someone won't up and up to him, and he orders her to tell him. And um and she's like no and she's afraid and oh this is when he grabs her and um then when she um like pushes him away he also like starts yelling at someone who's not here and he's like who are you calling an abomination and she's like what (laughs) are you okay sir this is a McDonald's. 
And, um, so yeah, so she's suspicious of him. She thinks he's crazy. He thinks that she's not really a servant and she has some ulterior motive. Um, in the next scene, from Giselle's perspective, she's in the chapel thinking about God. This is very, like, a uh, big moment of, like, anachronism of, like, her being like, oh, if there, if there is a God, I, <laughs> why is he like this? Which I'm sure people have thought forever, but it's just like, you know, she, she's mo- talking about it in a modern way. Let me introduce you to this little book by my friend Job. <laughs> My note was later in the chapel. Giselle contemplates God. In parentheses, who the fuck is this woman? Because <laughs> she's like way beyond her time, which is yeah. cool. Like she's a good character, but yeah, this is this is someone who exists sort of outside of historical expectations. Yeah, she's like too. She's just she comes across as like too very modern and like too smart. A time traveler. Yeah, maybe. <sighs> My fan fiction, yes. Man, what kind of fucked up stuff happened to you where you used your time machine and you went back to 1099? That's not... Ugh. It probably broke. It's an accident. Yeah. Maybe. God, fucking what if, though? <laughs> way, way against Jelly Person? 1099. Jelly Person? 1099. I don't know how this is going to go. Oh, I don't know. I think I'd go with Jelly Person. <laughs> <laughs> Personally speaking. <gasps> what if... Yes. Okay. We'll we'll talk about our theories at the end of the episode. But I'm I'm putting a I'm putting a, a bookmark on time travel theory. Um so Giselle then flashes back to the real reason why she's here, which is that she uh is from a family of merchants. She lived with her mother and her older sister, and she uh they were down on their luck, I guess. They didn't have enough money. F- oh, they didn't have enough money for her sister to get married. And uh, she was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go work at the Bollinger family estate as a maid. Not, wait, it wasn't like, though, it wasn't really like, like I can't afford a wedding kind of thing. It was like their family wasn't rich enough that she could, like, marry yeah. into the family that she wanted to. She, she have, her sister met, like, a minor nobleman, but, um, so, the, the merchant, so, so it's not like they couldn't get married, but they does not have enough money, so they didn't want them. Yeah. Right. So she's trying to help with that so that her sister can get married. And so in exchange, so she goes there and she applies to be a maid and, and basically in exchange for this. So she doesn't apply. She, they, they, they come to her. Oh, right, right. Sorry. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they say in exchange for being a maid, we'll take care of your mother and sister. And that's as much as we get in that flashback. And then back to Michelle's perspective, um, he so she's like talking to herself in the chapel out loud, and he's outside the chapel listening to her. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, they're such they deserve each other. Um, so Cl- classic sitcom misunderstanding. Yeah, so yeah. he thinks that she's just after money, and um, he goes. Uh, he he leaves the mansion, so right away we're just like thro- we're just blowing through all these expectations, right? Yeah. Like he just like freely leaves. He goes to a nearby house where there's a man who lives there, and that man was hired by his family to watch over him and make sure that he doesn't es- he doesn't escape, basically. Who would inform them if he ever like tried something or if something happened in the mansion? And um, he even is like. He talks to the servant like he could kill him with his curse, and but then he's like, just kidding. 
Lol. So, oh, and Michelle's like, Michelle's like, I have to do what I never thought I would ever do. I have to write a letter to my mother. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. So he, he too, is a very modern male. <laughs> yes, exactly. I don't want to call my mom. And uh, so he gives the man a letter to his mother. The man is clearly scared of him, though. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Piss in boots. <laughs> the man, uh, but the man's like, okay, sure. And he, like, they never interact. Like, you know, and this guy clearly is, like, not trying very hard to keep track of Michelle. He's just, like, taking his cushy position, and he's fine with it. And uh, as Michelle is leaving, the man starts to ask, is it true that you don't have ellipsis question mark? And then Michelle scares him again and, like, slams the door and leaves. Yeah. Chocolate. So we talked about this a little before we started recording, but um, this is one of two lines that I think the localization is not doing the what they should do. Because in Japanese, um, this line is, I heard your body is, uh, and then trails off. Uh, so we have, mm. we have a case here that localization is giving up more information than the, the, the original like, writers intended at this point. And there's another one that's even more extreme coming, coming up very soon. So yeah, I, I, I personally, yeah, I, I don't like it. I think if the writers... Why can't they just translate it literally all the time? Anyway. Yeah, this is, this is not about this. This is, this is just about if, if the joking. writers... I was joking. Yeah, I know. I know you are. But, but seriously, if, if I, I, my, my, my opinion is if the writers... In, in this, this kind of situation where you give like foreshadowing... Then, if the writers mm-hmm. choose to give something or not give something away, then you should probably respect that when you're translating. Yeah, that's more narrative focused than the yeah, the, yeah. the actual words. Yeah, they, they they want to give information at a certain pace, and yeah, maybe they thought that this sentence was more ambiguous than it is. I yeah. think I think when I mean I almost feel like it might even be a case where you say like, oh, nobody would actually say the something like your is is it true that your body is you know what I mean like that is a little awkward maybe yeah but... so leave leave the is um away your body and then then it can go on in many more uh directions i was just saying i could see the thought process is all you know what i mean but like yeah, i do agree also uh, that they sure. should not have done it that way uh, the, the the let's player i'm i'm watching this on youtube in english uh, actually guessed um, that he doesn't have a soul which is another way to take this. Yeah, that's the only <laughs> other way I would take it. But I that, mean, yeah, that's, actually, yeah, that's, how, that's, how, <laughs> that's very poetic. That isn't how I took it, but that's kind of how I took it. <laughs> I've, I've heard you've got a huge, excuse me, soul. <laughs> Smile. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the the implication, right? Like, so at this point, it's like okay, some there's some some gender situation is afoot here. At the very least. And, uh, so ten days later, the response comes from Michelle's mom. And, uh, he says, there's a, there's foreboding narration about how he, (laughs) I love this because it sounds like it's, it's, um, like metaphorical, but it's literal. Like, he literally, it's like, he, because he talks about laying bare the scars on her chest and mercilessly plunging my knife into them, (laughs) which again, would, I was like, oh, like metaphorically, but no. (laughs) I mean, yeah, yes, no, but yes. All right, wait, can I just... Can I tell you something that happened, by the way? I just, because this is the most ridiculous, I think, outcome of this. So I tweeted, can you tell me how to, um, 
you know, pronounce Bollinger uh, in French. And Matt from the soup, from the, you know, from Best Friends DM'd me about it. Bolon, bol, Bolon J, but the J is very soft. Sorry, Bolon J. But, like, why are, what, are you embarrassed by that? Why would he DM me that? Well, now you're just putting him on blast, so... I did, no, I, I, I DM'd him, like, can I call you out on this podcast? But then I didn't <laughs> wait for an answer. So, because, like, what the, like, what? Just say it. Like, what's the problem here? Do you, are you, are you ashamed of me? We were on another podcast together, Matt. No, he's afraid of being wrong. He doesn't want people to reply and be like, well, technically. Well. Yeah. Also, I, I looked this up before. It's, it's Boulanger. Boulanger. Which oh, I heard like three delicious. times I wanted to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's, that's also the episode the title. Boulanger. <laughs> Spaghetti Boulanger. Would you like some spaghetti uh, Boulanger? Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So, meanwhile, Giselle, she's losing her optimism. She can't leave because she knows that her mother and sister will lose their protection if she leaves. Um, She also, uh, there's also a legend that there's a force in this house that twists people's hearts. So, this continues. A fork in this house? Yeah, a fork. A force. <laughs> That's spaghetti bolognese. Give me a fork for my spaghetti bolognese. Use a fork and a spoon to twist your heart. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Is this no. a meatball or a fork before me? <laughs> is that, that what happens at the lady in the tramp level of Kingdom Hearts? <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> There's a lady no. in the tramp level of Kingdom Hearts? That's awesome. No, that's... I don't actually know. That's a joke, though. That's what they would do if there was one. I'm sure there is. I was... No, I, I was just kind of hoping. Because I, I never played Kingdom Hearts or any... Well, whatever. Anyway, I have mostly not played Kingdom Hearts. Of the games I've played, there has not been a Lady in the Tramp level. Oh, That'd well. be awesome. I still hope. Uh, so anyway, she she decides to tell Michelle more about herself. She's like, I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell him why I was kicked out. And, uh, so this is different than in the previous chapter where, like, the white-haired girl, I think, was gonna... What was she gonna, like, confess to him or something? Or she... No, she was worried that she had upset him and she was gonna apologize. Yes. And, She knocks on the door to apologize, yep. Yeah, and Giselle's going to say, like, okay, I'm gonna be more honest with you. And she goes to his room, but he's not there. And she sees a painting draped in a black sheet... She really shouldn't and have gone she, in, in, though. Yeah, because she no. knocks and then sneaks into the room, yeah. Yeah, it's very, like, again, like, big, like, Beauty and the Beast vibes here, like, when she finds the rose. Their whole relationship is super anime. It's just, like, super duper, like, oh, what should I do? I don't know. I'll just sneak into his room and figure it out. Yeah. And so she uncovers the painting, and it is the painting of the white-haired girl that had the face scratched out that we saw, um... In that Maria found out, found in the cellar. Yeah, that Maria found. And of course, as soon as she finds that painting and uncovers it, Michelle is back. He threatens her with a knife. With a gut, no knife. <laughs> he just had. I like that he has a fucking knife on him all the time. <laughs> fucking Michelle. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you, can, you know, I keep that thing on me. This is badass. <laughs> He's such a. I mean, like, if this was modern, he would just. He would absolutely be a weeaboo. Like, I mean, like, this is. Sysadmin. Yeah, and a sysadmin. He would absolutely. Like, it's all there. 
<laughs> like you know, he like lays out his knives to take Instagram pictures. Like he's just like, hey, oh, look at all yeah. my knives. I was thinking he was one of those people who has like a way too big and sharp utility knife. Like, did you ever see that? Where yeah. like people were like, oh, oh yeah. I'll get that for you. I'm from Texas. Like sh- That's like yeah. <laughs> half the people here. It's like a short. Right, it's like a short sword, but also the jaws of life somehow, and it's like, what situation were you hoping for? Yeah, it's also like that one guy in your company who's just like, oh yeah, I handle all the physical stuff. Look at my giant knife when we need to cut this package. It's like, dude, you don't need a blade for that. It's terrifying, right? (laughs) Because you're like, oh, you just have that all the time, huh? Okay, well, sure. (laughs) While you were reading Fata Morgana, I mastered the blade, but anyway... They're all. It's always like when you say that to them, though. It's like, oh, so you always have that on you, and they they always creepily just answer. You won't believe how how often I need to use this every day. Oh my god, yes. you're so right. Yes, oh my god, do. you're right. That is every dude who answers that question has like rehearsed that in front of a mirror. Ew, I hate this. Also, Michelle is that Japanese knife channel that makes knives out of things that knives shouldn't be made out of. No, he's yes. not. That no, he's not nice. smart enough. Great. That that dude would be like, please read my books. Tell me everything. You know, he's like got like he's got like ten years of being alone, and you're telling me that he didn't form it like an elaborate like spend like three weeks to just like make a dehydrator out of a cool hack. No, I'm saying I'm saying knife knife guy at Kiwami Japan. I think his name yeah, is on Kiwami. YouTube is fucking awesome and michelle can only wish he's that yeah cool. you're right kwame japan's probably a nicer person kwame japan is pretty cool yeah michelle can't even cook like anything other than by boiling no <laughs> that's right <laughs> that's rough so i don't think he has the wherewithal to come up with any sort of intricacies in his that's life true yes i mean granted <laughs> also it is 1099 so you probably had to make your knives out of shit like cow shit and hey oh, wow. i don't know anyway yeah, yeah. all right I, i'm sure they had mines but still whatever anyway it's shortly after the norman invasion of england so maybe he's just english and doesn't know better than to just boil everything oh god shout out to all our fans in england <laughs> you're gonna flaunt that all this whole episode huh is that how this is gonna go Fuck. yeah <laughs> you read wikipedia next time mr smart guy <laughs> i know the first century motherfucker i didn't even look that shit up <laughs> Oh, oh damn! Battle Hastings embedded in my brain. <laughs> so back to the scene at hand. Uh, Michelle is threatening Giselle with a knife. Um, he's asking her like, "Why are you really here?" But she can't answer him because she's having a PTSD flashback and she has a panic attack. And he doesn't understand what's going on and assumes that she can't tell him the truth because he has correctly guessed the truth. And um. He reveals that in the letter that he got from his mom, his mom said that Giselle slept with his father, which is why she was banished to the mansion. Um, she has a, she continues to have a panic attack and he stabs her in the chest. But metaphorically. Metaphorically. He stabs her and she runs out of the mansion and, uh, she runs out into it's raining and cold and she like collapses on the ground and wait before before we get too dark i'm gonna tell this joke if you are gonna stab giselle though i mean odd like 90 percent chance you hit her in the chest yeah <laughs> there's saying. not a anyway. lot of real estate <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> y'all we, let's talk i don't know if this is the right time to talk about this there's a lot of boobs there's a lot of boob this chapter let's just go with that 
Uh, no, this is not the right. No, we're yeah, we are about to walk into a different scene, which we need yeah. to move on. Like, yeah. It's not. Yeah, also, yeah, like yeah. content warning for anybody who could be affected by this. This the rest of this episode involves a shit ton of narrative importantly scenes that involve rape and sexual assault and torture. Yeah, straight up torture. Mm. This is rough. Yeah. Yeah, so we get the flashback to what really happened, and basically the only reason that Michelle's father uh, brought Giselle in as a maid is because he wanted to rape her, and he basically, because he has complete power over her, he blackmails her basically into into sleeping with him, because otherwise, you know, he's not going to help her family. And if she says anything, then obviously everything is her fault anyway. Yeah, he says they're, like, not going to... They're gonna believe, you know, the master of the house versus some random maid. So, so the whole time she's working there, once a week, she has to come to his room and be raped, and not just raped, but also tortured. And he would take a knife and hurt her with it, and he carved the word "harlot" into her skin with a knife. Yeah, yeah. I am. You know, I'm I'm not I I dislike obviously like rape as a character motivation and and this feels very gratuitous. Yeah. But her reaction is very realistic, but yeah. the the degree that she was tortured feels very gratuitous. I thought it was surprisingly well written for, for a Japanese visual novel. Um he didn't fall into the usual... I mean, it's not a masterpiece of writing, but it, it's... Um, he didn't fall into a Japanese... Uh, Japanese, like, popular entertainment uh, usually do with, with this subject. Yeah, it's yeah. only gross and never sexy, which yeah. is uh, good, yeah. And the good thing is they deal with... Rep- like, skipping ahead, they deal with the repercussions of this in a very good way. Like, yeah. they acknowledge that this is a significant trauma in someone's life and that this will have repercussions for a long time and yeah. they don't brush it off. That's like I think it is like the transition into this is is you know it's quick and it's rough, and that part is not real easy. But I think afterwards they handle it well. If they didn't handle the transition and in, in like bringing it up all that well. So of course, eventually, uh, she is the, the situation is found out about when uh, Michelle. So some of the maids tell Michelle's mother. Um, she meets Michelle's mother for like the first time. And Michelle's mother seems very sick in a bad way. Mentally, yeah. Mentally well, and physically. Physically too. But she's just babbling, like she, yeah. Yeah. So she's something is wrong with Michelle's mother, not just physically but mentally as well. And uh, she finds out what's going on. She wants to kill Giselle, but uh, Michelle's father says, "No, we're just gonna we're gonna banish her." I mean, she doesn't find out what's going on literally like she thinks they're having an affair like you know with that or even that she seduced him right yeah. oh yeah she's, she's convinced that she was that she seduced um her husband yeah yeah, yeah. uh and this in is always is where the second um foreshadowing translation problem occurs um so michelle's mother thinks uh their um estate is, is cursed um, and she says something like, first it took my daughter away from me, and now it tries to take my husband. Yeah. Who's who's this daughter we're hearing about? Yeah. And once again, Japanese, it doesn't say daughter, it says child, without giving a gender to it. And this one is even more, like, egregious than, than 
the first time. Like the translation just reveals more information. Yeah. So uh, this is really like at this even at this point in my notes, I was like, "Is Michelle trans? Is that is that what's is that what's happening here?" It definitely seems like that. It also works with the name thing. He could have been named Michelle and then changed them to Michelle, like the female yeah. Michelle. Exactly. So, um, so then, uh, as Giselle continues to tell the story, she's like on on my way to the mansion. As she's being carted there, she resolves to cast aside her memories and find her smile once more. Um, so basically, like whatever this new situation was, it was gonna be better than the one she was in. So that's why she tried so hard to be positive. And um, we return back to the present where she is having PTSD flashbacks in the rain outside. She prays to God for death, and it seems like she does die. But uh, now we're back in the real present with the maid, us, the master of the, of the mansion, and she's the maid, and we're here in the present, and she's telling us the story. And um, let's see. what. Oh, Michelle and Giselle have a conversation where us, us, Michelle... Uh, is like no, I, I we have to continue to go through your past. You have to uh, before I can tell you um, what I need to tell you. Um, he has to know how she became the maid. So next, Giselle wakes up to someone reviving her. Uh, so a man from a local village that the the village that is always nearby the mansion. Um, the village in Plata Morgana. Yeah, they, uh, so they found her. Um, so this guy named, oh my god, Amade? Amade. There's like a thousand apostrophes. Yeah, there's a lot of accent to goose on that. Uh, he finds her and he, like, he, like, helps her. You know, she's there and, and he's very sweet and non threatening and, like, immediately. Immediately, I was suspicious of this whole situation because it was too nice. Yeah, it's ri- it's written to be like, no way, you can't you can't trust this guy. But he helps her get back, nurse back to health, and uh, the whole village is there. And he's like, you can stay here. Um, our village is a communist utopia, and you get a free house. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we're an anarcho syndicalist commune. <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> <laughs> so Amade is like kind of like the mayor, although they don't really have mayors. Um, he's he's the youth group leader. Yeah, and they've been lucky that no lord has found their city. Yeah, the, the few the lords don't, don't don't know about this village because they just um uh, they just uh, they were traveling and they just founded the village over there, so they don't have to pay taxes. But they build it on, on, like, the ruins of an ancient city. And they give enough yeah. details that makes me think that this is probably referring to something in, in the real world. But I tried resending it and I couldn't find anything. They, they just talk a lot about how this was an international city with lots of people from all over the world. And now it was ruined in a single week. Atlantis. Oh, sorry. Uh, was there ever... Was, was it, could it have also been Paris? Was, was that, like, was it moved? I don't remember. It wasn't Paris, but it was probably some, somewhere in France. Somewhere in and Paris. I tried looking, like, ancient France in Wikipedia, but I couldn't find anything that seemed relevant. Well, Jim, this is your time yeah. to shine now. <laughs> Come on, where's that Battle of Hastings? Oh, all right. I'll, I'll like, call me out on that one. 
Yeah. <laughs> seems very rude. <laughs> well, everybody can Wikipedia that in the background as we talk about the... Let me tweet it. See, see which which of the super best friends Zaibatsu gets back to me. Sorry, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a race. Hey, y'all, we're gonna put this up on the big board. Y'all can see which one gets back. <laughs> this is how I'm gonna bring them back together. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you're that quiz show. Um, all right. So uh, even though she is in this much better situation. Uh, Giselle can't help thinking about Michelle and all the mysteries surrounding him. Why did he, quote, make a pact with the devil, which he says about himself and other people say about him. Um, and, uh, she's also like, why would, why would people think he's dead? So I guess, like, members, I think he says, like, that his father thinks that he's dead. Um, so people in his, so not everyone in his family knows that he's alive and that he's out here in this mansion. Um. Then uh, we switch to Michelle's perspective, and he feels incredibly guilty. They didn't say, meanwhile, back at the mansion. I didn't. Oh, <laughs> meanwhile, back at the mansion. Our uh, brand. Sorry. Uh, he, so Michelle feels guilty because he knows. I, di- I didn't write that this time. I just wrote whose perspective it was in my notes. So he feels guilty because he knows that she wasn't actually lying to him deep down, probably. And he feels incredibly guilty, as he should. He feels so guilty that he covers the stained glass window of Michael. Then back to Giselle's perspective. Um, So she's popular with the children in the town. They want to play with her. Um, They, uh, they, like, the people in the city, you know, are nice to her. Uh, She learns more about the history of it. And in addition to the fact that it was uh, destroyed in a single week, uh, they found stone tablets that say we've been cursed by a witch. Um, Amade says that uh, he knows, he says that the witch's name is Morgana. And um, Giselle. She was heavy. Okay. <laughs> and Giselle thinks that, um, she thinks like, oh, well, that house and Michelle, like, they're nothing to me now. But she doesn't tell Amade about the, or anyone about the mansion that she knows where it is, or that like he she knows about like the witch and the whole like thing that's going on there. <laughs> that whole thing. And uh, after a while, she is adjusting nicely, and uh, Amade um, approaches her about marriage. It's been like a month, but like you know, it's ten ninety nine. I mean, that's a long time though in ten ninety nine. To be fair. We're gonna die in a couple weeks, so like, yeah. Yeah, you had like the the life of like a ha- lifespan of a housefly, so it's just like you know what. Listen, <laughs> anyway, sorry. Yeah, you're only gonna live to your forty. So, Giselle feels uncomfortable about the proposal, um, even though it seems like sort of the natural thing to do in her situation, and she finds herself thinking about Michelle because she loves him <laughs> and not this nice guy, this nice mayor. <laughs> And he, the, the nice mayor with the dark cloud above him apparently is not as good as the bad boy. Yeah, yeah. This, so he keeps asking her, and she's like, I, I don't know, I don't know. And of course she's not going to say, like, I'm not comfortable with romantic relationships right now because I was raped. Like, you know, n- n- she's not going to say that to him. So, uh, so she's in a bad spot. And then one day the villagers find out that a lord has found out about this village. And they're really mad about it because now they have to pay taxes. And the Lord is trying to charge them five years of back taxes, which is, wow. 
Yeah, yeah. Good luck with the communism, guys. Yeah, so they don't have five years of back taxes, obviously. And um, Amade, like, he talks about it, and he's, like, very, like, resigned, um, which, in retrospect, like, makes me think that it was actually him that did this. Oh, totally, because he was rejected, and now he's just like, fuck this shit, I'm gonna get that bitch. Yeah, but that he all, he's the one who told, who, like, sold them out to a lord. Oh, also. That, yeah. Because mm-hmm. he's very like, well, I guess we just have to do this now. Which, like, wh- what? So everyone starts turning against each other. Hey, he talked about how he had an army that would, uh, um, or something like that. Like, the, the lord clearly outnumbered them in many ways. So. Well, yeah, I mean, in other scenarios, they couldn't be... In other scenarios, they couldn't kill a guy with a sword. I mean, this is not a great, you know, village for fighting. Totally. And Amadeus has been portraying himself as this guy who's like, I am above you because I had some sort of clergy training, so I will I will guide, I will shepherd you all into this new thing. And then as soon as something changes that doesn't advantage him, he's just like, yeah, you guys should watch out for the Lord, who I just told about <laughs> you. Yeah. So everyone starts uh, turning against each other and arguing all the time. And eventually the villagers accuse Giselle of stealing. Uh, even Amade accuses her. They all collectively are like, it's you. You're you're the new person here. You must have sold us out. Like, this is all your fault. And they try to interrogate her about, uh, whether, about the items that they're accusing her of stealing by torturing her? By water torturing her? They fucking waterboard Giselle? Well, with sewage, too. Yeah. They 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 dunk her head in like it's yeah and it's like yeah it's pretty bad yeah it's really intense that is essentially waterboarding just like in, they just shove her head into a bucket and swill so waterboarding is supposed to give you the sensation of drowning but this is literally pretty much drowning her with like uh you breaks know. in between how do they even know to do this. Oh, I mean, you know, it's 1100. They haven't invented waterboarding where it's like, here's how you do it without actually drowning someone and just making them feel like they're going to. This is like, I think you just drown them and then stop after a minute. Yeah, like, like you're a good torturer if you pull up at the right time. Like, oh, no, nope, yeah. still breathing. I guess the Crusades was the time when, like, you know, it was important to be very skilled as a torturer. Like, yeah, like, you, like those, like, horror. I guess, like, people who, like, come up with really horrible things were, like, considered, like, cr- really creative back then, maybe. Also, they had a good screening process, which was just like, oh, lost another one, oh well, try another torture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, then it gets really rough, and this also seems, like, very gratuitous, where they're like, basically, if you can't produce something of equal value to what you stole then she's gonna become the village property, which is, like, basically all the men in the village are gonna rape her whenever they feel like it. Which feels extremely gratuitous. And this also seems very orchestrated by Amadei. This feels like, I'm going to screw you over for not consenting to be with me. Yeah, and so, backed into a corner, she remembers the the infamous furniture line. Um... (laughs) (laughs) About the mansion, and she, she tells them, like, go to the mansion and get all the furniture. Like, it's full of expensive stuff. You can pay your back taxes. And uh, and so they all go, and they have her lead the way, I, in case she's lying. And uh, they immediately go to break down the door. They don't even knock on it and try to talk to Michelle. They're already an angry mob. And uh, 
So they start, they break down the door and, uh, Michelle appears in the doorway with his white hair and red eyes and puts on this big show and yells and he's like, I'm a demon. And, uh, they're all terrified of him, even though he has no display of having any powers, which is great. Um, so he does a good magic show. Yeah, he, he's like, oh, I'm going to put all these plagues on you. Yeah. Can I mention I, I really love the art in this game, but this does not work. Shell's not very intimidating. Yeah. Not even a little. <laughs> All his hair turns up, though, so you know it's a, he's angry. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's Super Saiyan 3. <laughs> yeah, this scene is also the first gratuitous image of, uh, of Giselle. Is, oh, that, yeah. is that now? Yeah, it's true. That is the first one, yeah. Yeah. It leads into a couple of those. <laughs> Yeah, so they, so he asks for Giselle as an offering from them to, because he sees that she's clearly in a bad situation. And so he kind of like saves her in a way. And, uh, Giselle's now back at the mansion, kind of. And, um, Giselle's just like shell shocked from everything that has happened. And she is like, is there kindness in this world? She doesn't know. And, um, after, and after everyone's gone and it's just the two of them, Michelle yells at her again and tells her to go away and all this stuff. And Giselle is so done. And so she just like yells back at him and is like, fine, then kill me. If you want me to leave, then kill me. Like there's, n I have nothing to live for. So kill me. And she's like begging him to kill her. And in typical Michelle fa fashion, he didn't expect that response or whatever. So then he's like, no, 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 wait, wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Let's talk about this. I love how dumbfounded he gets about this. Yeah, yeah he's such a shit. He's such a <laughs> selfish brat. And um, so he's like, okay, I'll listen. Like, I, I want, let's talk. I'll listen to, and I'll believe, you know, or not that he'll believe, but he'll, he wants to listen to what she has to say. And, that he'll, you know, I waited till you were actually willing to actually kill yourself right in front of me before I am willing to listen. Yeah, right? Jeez, wow. I thought that, like... I mean, I thought getting back together with my ex was hard, but this is a whole other level. Womp um, womp. <laughs> womp womp. <laughs> so, um... So Michelle is basically so overwhelmed by her response that he starts... he oh, His mind is opened to actually believing her, and she sits down and tells him the whole story of what happened, and, um... I actually like the, uh... The dialogue right before this, where, you know, he, he asks her to explain, and he, she says, will you believe me if I do? And he says, well, I, I, to be honest, I am not sure until I hear it. And she says, well, that's probably actually more fair than saying you'll unconditionally accept what I say. Yeah. And, uh, so she explains, and tells Michelle that his father raped her and I mean, and he believes her and he's so disgusted that he's disgusted by the own blood in his body and uh, he she says like do you do you want to will you believe you know do you need to see my wounds in order to believe me and he says no and uh, Michelle finally he says, like, he finally begins to, like, face himself in his beliefs and actions. 
and uh you know saying like that i was i was so selfish and like i was so blind i was so focused on my own pain i didn't even realize that she had gone through all this pain and all i did was make it worse and it was that was awful of me and he finally tells her more about himself and he michelle reveals that he has two brothers who know that he's there one of them probably wrote that letter that Giselle got explaining the situation. Um, Michelle's father believes he's dead. Michelle writes letters to his brother, but his brother won't respond to any of his letters. Um, and he, he tells her that he was banished because of his um, white hair and red eyes. And everyone thought he was a demon. And there's obviously more to that story. I mean, Yeah, and Giselle also is empowered to yell at Michelle for being a jerk. And she yells at him, and she commands him to apologize several times, and he does. He, like, gets on the ground and is like, I'm sorry! Over and over again. And she laughs at him for doing that. Yeah, and eventually she laughs at him. And she's like, I'm sorry, because all those people could have killed you. And he's like, I deserved that, though. After what I did to you and the person I am. And, um... And then they just, like, have a moment, I think, where they, they like, laugh and, and they find themselves calm in a way that, like, is surprising to them, which is, of course, them realizing. Um, we're not quite acknowledging yet, but, but realizing that they love each other. Yeah, and I think the big thing is that they they aren't, like, like the, the reaction is pretty swift in terms of how quickly they turn, but it's also, like, it's a big relief. This whole scene is a big relief from everything that's gone on before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they go on to like try to uh, try to live their life together. And when it goes, it switches to Giselle's perspective, and she says, "Michelle was like me, just an ordinary person," which is, uh, you know, from her perspective, like he was this like mysterious guy and like this monstrous person, and it's like, no, he's just a guy. So now she asks him more about his backstory. He is hearing the voice of Morgana. He talks back to her sometimes. Um, but Giselle doesn't believe that that voice is real. She just thinks that that's from living alone for 10 years with no one to talk to. Yep. He says it is a condition in which he has to vocalize responses mm-hmm. to thoughts in yeah. his head. And she doesn't believe him, and immediately doesn't believe him, and then he's like, I want to know what you're thinking about me, and then she's like, no, I totally believe you. Yeah. She's not quite good at that yet. Yeah, neither one of them are good at communicating. Yeah, he doesn't have any magical powers, and he says the reason people don't think he's human is because of his body. And Giselle is like, oh, because of your hair, skin, and eyes, right? And he says, ellips- long ellipsis, yes. Yeah, I, I'm totally wrong about this. <laughs> I, at first, when I heard all, like, I, the, the first reading, could, because Michelle presents is very aggressive, and I'm just like, oh, sure, that's probably this one thing, and it's like, nah, it's, they are definitely telegraphing that at least, if not trans, there's some intersexuality going on. Yeah, and, um, the, there's another point where she realizes that she's physically attracted to him. I think, oh, maybe it's later, but they, she says that he's pretty. She doesn't say that he's beautiful or handsome. She says pretty, which I think yeah. was like another way of like lampshading that. Then she says pretty stupid yeah, looking. exactly. Oh. <laughs> but they've always drawn him as pretty or yeah, whatever Michelle is. They've always drawn Michelle as pretty. 
like 100%. I think it happens once they open the windows and she sees him in full light, which he didn't yeah. know. So he explains that his birth messed up his mother. They thought that he was possessed by a demon when they saw he was sensitive to sunlight. And his mother banished him here until his curse was broken. Let's be fair, we thought he was a vampire. Yeah. We thought Michelle was a vampire. Holy. So Giselle's like, I don't think you look like a demon. I think you look more like an angel. Aww. <laughs> Barf. Um, <laughs> Barf. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Michelle says that if he tried to run, then the, oh, I've already forgotten how to say Bollinger in the right way. Bollinger. Bollinger. Bazinga. Bazinga. The Bazingas would have had him killed. <laughs> <laughs> Bozinga. Um, the spaghetti Bollinger would have had him killed. And um, let's see. Giselle is like, if you hear the witch's voice, I'll I'll help you. Like I'll shout so loud so that you can't hear her. Like tell me when you hear her, and I'll hold your hand. And uh, that's cute. And then Michelle says, "Please be straightforward about everything that you want because I can't pick up on subtext." <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong about though. being a woman. God, I feel like Michelle is is a very big mood for me. That's yeah. like big, like being a woman who dates men mood as well. Yeah, that is exactly what that is. <laughs> At least it's there. Get used to that one. It's so funny. Oh my god! Like I've been asked that in real life. Um, so I just like that made me smile. And um. So yeah, and then they open. She's asked if they can open the windows, and he explains that the windows were barred when they arrived, uh, when he arrived. So like he didn't do that, and uh, they open the windows together. It's a big accomplishment of in their relationship of not hating each other or being terrible. Um, and but then interestingly, the next scene is like Giselle is by herself, worrying in the dark, and. Um, that, like so it's like oh well things are going good but she like still you know doesn't quite believe it in her heart and uh then she gets a knock on her door and she goes to answer and it like kind of is almost like is something scary gonna happen but um michelle left a warm glass of wine at her door and left <laughs> what a yeah. fucking dork i've never heard of wine served warm like I yeah, guess like mold, mold wine. Mold wine. Mold wine, yeah. right? It's mold wine. Yeah. Yeah. I assume it's cold there, too. So, I don't know. Anyway, he does that, and then we get an, uh, we, we step back out of the, of the story, and we're back in the present time with the maid. And, um, she's kind of like, can we just, like, stay here in this happy time? And he's like, there's happy days ahead, but there's no way the story ends with a happy ending. But also, she kind of acknowledges now. I don't know if she did before that she knows that these are the roles that that you are Michelle and I am Giselle. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, as she's speaking, like, oh yeah, this is you know, she doesn't explicitly say it, but like she is going along with the story more than she was yeah. before. So back to Michelle's perspective, we come back to the flashback scene that we saw in the master bedroom of Giselle opening the window and waking up Michelle, who is grumpy and doesn't want to wake up. Um, and they're still really stubborn with each other all the time. They, like, pester each other, and, like, he's like, no, I don't want to get up. And she's like, come on, you have to wake up. The morning is the best part of the day. And, like... <laughs> yeah, fuck, fuck that shit. Yeah. <laughs> 
they're both over the top at each other, but, like, in an endearing way, but, like, also kind of in a grating way. Like, calm down, you know? It's very anime. It's very, like, oh, yeah, okay, we're gonna do this scene. Here comes a scene where you're super positive and I'm super negative and I got a frowny face. Yeah, and, oh, and and then this is the part, yeah, where she says, like, oh, I never realized how pretty he was. Um, and then uh, Michelle is going to help her with the cleaning, and he's like, I'm, I'm not going to act like you're superior anymore. Um, and the, because he says I'm not going to act like it, instead of saying, I don't know, instead of phrasing it differently, it sort of, like, carries the predicate that the whole thing was fake to begin with. Like, he's acknowledging, like, that he personally believes that whole, the whole thing is fake anyway, and they both sort of have that in common of that very, like, humanistic view on like the world and on other people where they are like very like easily acknowledge that like the idea of status is a social construct and not real in that way of like between the, the between the two of them living outside society they don't have to follow those rules then we get a really anime aside where um, she's like, have you ever cut your hair? And he's like, no, you can, I mean, you can cut it if you want. And she's like, okay, but my sister always said I was really dangerous with scissors. You might lose an ear. And he's like, no, never mind. Stay the fuck away from my hair. That beautiful hair. And uh, so as they continue there. It's what's implied. Yeah. He's worked so hard growing it. So, um, as they continue living together, Michelle is, like, in shock at feeling normal human emotions. <laughs> he, uh, he's like, I didn't need to, like, pick apart everything she says anymore. Um, <laughs> wow, great growth, honey. <laughs> How about being a straight cis male, guys? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> Let's be fair. He's, uh, how long has he been alone? Like, eight years now? Ten, Ten years. years. Ten years and he was he was abandoned as a child. Eleven by now because the years passed. Yeah, I mean it's actually. <laughs> I mean, like we're all <laughs> we're all applying our own values onto this, which is funny, but like it's, in terms of the narrative story, like yeah, this is an abandoned child who didn't have any way of adapting. Yeah. Mm. So he also won't eat his vegetables. Uh, this is where Giselle asks if she can make requests, and uh, and he's like, yeah, and. Um, Michelle tells more about his backstory, um, that uh, his father wanted him dead, but his brothers helped him fake his death, so that's why his father thinks he's dead and doesn't know he's here. Um, Giselle teaches Michelle to cook, and she's kind of, like, overly, uh, over the top at him, uh, in terms of cooking. She's like, oh, how are you gonna know if I made you something really good if you don't know how to even cook anything? You don't know what good food tastes like. And, uh, oh, then some real anime happens. Then they're cleaning the, the dust off of the bookshelves, and Giselle's like, hold this chair while I clean this, and he's like, okay, and then she falls off the chair, and he catches her, and he touches her by boob, the boob by accident. Yeah. As you do. I mean, the first thing you grab for, you know. In his defense, though, so, yeah. <laughs> In his flustered explanation of what happens, though, he says... Oh, it felt like a uh, a fat uh, mouse. Yeah. Rat. Yeah, I hardly even perceived it as a breast. God. It's better than bags of sand, but not by much. <laughs> and and she's like upset that he compares her uh, her boob to a fat rat. <laughs> 
And uh, <laughs> she then uh, switches to Giselle's, Giselle's perspective and she asks Michelle what he's been doing all this time by himself. And <laughs> you did the best thing you could. <laughs> like, what she even asked been- him just like that because, like, literally the next thing I wrote in my own notes to myself is just jerking off mostly, grabbing his own fat rat. Well, or or, or, or using rats in ways they weren't intended for. <laughs> yeah. Oh God! So that she, and, but then he says, "God, God, you got you got some obese rats up there, baby." <laughs> he says, "I play chess by myself," which is the same thing. <laughs> That's the best euphemism they had yeah. in, in that. Ten ninety nine, yeah, and, um, right. Tilly Whiskers never did this voluntarily. <laughs> oh my God! So they they play chess together. And he easily beats her, like, and she gets mad, and and um, she's like, Let, "Well, this game is stupid. Let's play a different game. Let's play a real game. Arm wrestling." <laughs> <laughs> and they arm wrestle, and she easily beats him. Yeah. yeah, he's like, "That sounds crass, but let's do it, I guess." Also, these are two of the skinniest arm people wrestling each other <laughs> I've ever seen in my fucking life. Yeah, you wouldn't have thought it was like the first choice. Yeah, as we were going into it, I'm like, I don't know who to who to bank on. I I'm a bet on anybody. I'm like, either one of you could break that like a twig. Yeah. <laughs> so then Michelle has a good line. He's thinking to himself and he's like, Oh, I, I began more freely engaging in silliness as I as I lived with Giselle, which is so funny. <laughs> and showing emotions. Many months pass. And uh, we have a scene of them reading by the fire, um, which is a scene that we did get a flashback of of Giselle's line here because she uh, talks about how something about like troubadours performing at pubs. And we had gotten a flashback in the mansion of that line before. And she points out that they are reading together just like she suggested back back when she was first in the mansion when they were in the library and she was like oh we could read together if you think these books are boring maybe that'll be fun and he and now we're actually doing it and he's like wow and uh he suddenly says to her (laughs) if i ever have to return home like because basically he the idea was that he was going to return home after his father died um and he says if i ever if that when when that happens i'll make sure you have a comfortable life uh, and then he's like, but I would prefer it if you would join me. As a servant, I mean. Yes, yeah. as a servant. Yeah. We're short on people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it'd probably fit you in. And he is, like, very caught up in this moment of, like, being physically close to her. And um, he ominously thinks to himself, I thought I had already learned my lesson about having feelings for someone else. Hmm. But I, I don't think we're going to learn about any of that until we learn about Michelle's backstory, which is, like, way... I feel like that's going to be the final the final thing of, like, learning yeah. about Michelle's life before he was in the mansion. So they reach one full year of living together. And uh, Gis- it's commemorated by uh, Giselle wakes up one morning and finds that a single red rose has bloomed in the garden. Because she requested flower seeds last year in the loot box, and she grew the rose <laughs> as a gift to Michelle. And it's a red rose, 
like the flashback of which the white haired girl picks the the white rose and it turns red. And uh Michelle is so excited about the or he's so enthusiastic about the rose that he picks it by accident and uh trying to look cool like he did it on purpose. He puts the rose in Giselle's hair, and then he's like, why did I do that? Oh my god! And she's like, she's like, oh, you like, oh, and he's like, oh, I, um, I wanted to draw the rose, and I thought that you <laughs> would be a good backdrop, so I'm gonna draw. I need to, I'm gonna draw now. I'm gonna go get some stuff, and like, you pose, and I'll draw you. He can't draw. Yeah, you know how we established I, I really like to draw? <laughs> draws they're sitting there in the chapel and he's like pretending to know how to draw and then he's like oh this is awkward but now he's really happy that he gets to look at her so much and And like every guy who's ever been like hey i want to draw you he's incredibly awkward in the way he presents that so it's so uh meet cute and eventually he stops trying to draw and just looks at her and uh, then we switch to Giselle's perspective, and she's, like, confused. She's like, what's going on? Like, And she's like, it would make it sound like Michelle's uh, attracted to me. That's impossible. That couldn't possibly be true. Um, but then, uh, you know, you can't fight the moonlight. Uh, so she says, she looks into the moonlight coming through the window or whatever, and says without thinking, because um, he's like, oh, I, you know, I'm not even good at this. This is not worth it. Well, let's not do this. And she's like, I'd be happy with anything drawn for me by the man I love. And then he <laughs> immediately drops the canvas. Just throws the whole shit on the floor and, like, <laughs> rattles everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, no. And she comes over and then they're close and they have, like, a romance moment. And they get really close. Like, they're going to kiss. But at the last second, Giselle has a PTSD flashback and pushes him away. And, uh, Michelle feels really awful about it. He's not even sure what happened. He, like, he leaves and she's like, oh no, I, I, I shouldn't have done that. And she's like, no, I'm, I'm not, you know, it's not gonna be the same, like, this is not, like, she's like, resolves to go after him and to not, like, let her past ruin this moment that they had. Yeah. And, um, Michelle is, is in his room, like, freaking out. He's like, this was a mistake. Everything is a mistake. She doesn't even, you know, she doesn't even like me. Like, I, I, I like her. Like, I can't do this. This is a bad idea. And she bursts in and asks for another opportunity to confess to him properly. Yeah, and it's a very like non-anime moment. It's a very like, this is not the kind of narrative you see of two people like crisscrossing like star-crossed lovers. She just goes in and be like, listen, I fucked up that last scene. We shouldn't have done this. Like, I just want to tell you how I feel, and then you could give it back or not, whatever happens, what happens, but I need to tell you straight up. Which is like, you never see this in literature. Yeah, and so she says, I love you, I love you so much, my heart's gonna burst, and please tell me how you feel about me, and he's, Michelle's, like, standing, he's like, I'm standing right there, like, my happiness, everything I wanted was, like, right there, and I could, all I needed to do was claim it and say, yes, I feel the same way, but then the voice of Morgana in his head tells him that he's bad, and he says, no, I don't feel that way about you, and, um, Morgana's like, it's better that, and then, like, she's upset, 
And then Morgana says, like, oh, you should have just gone along with it, because when she learned the truth, she would have pushed you away anyway. And the voice is like, she could never love the real you. And uh, Michelle has a flashback to being in a room with someone, and that person is rejecting him and calling him disgusting. Uh, so, again, with the, the body uh, issues imagery. But then he's like, no, I'm going to overcome you, voice. And he says, wait, Giselle. And the voice is like, it won't be any different. And he's like, she's different. And then he's like, no, I do love you. And they embrace. And then she's like, and then she makes him say, I love you over and over again. (laughs) (laughs) And then. Very sweet scene. Yeah, that was really cute. And then she really pulls a fast one because she's like, I want you to look at my body. And he's like, what? (laughs) She's like, I want to show you all the the scars that I have. And Michelle is like, there's a girl here and she's going to take off her clothes. Yeah, and it really feels like the way you lead into this scene is like, this is going to be another one of those like awkward scenes where like, you know, the girl exposes herself and is vulnerable and the guy is awkward and like, this is going to end weird and they're just gonna it's gonna take a while for them to adapt and then they'll then they'll just screw <laughs> no it really like it tele- it tele- <laughs> no, i know it's just funny that and then they the writing gets really good yeah it's a very intimate scene and very sweet and he she's like so terrified that he's going to reject her because she has these horrible scars on her body from when she was tortured and he goes up and touches the touches the scars and He's like, of course she hasn't healed from her past experiences. Like, what what a fool I was to even think it was possible, like, after such little time. And he says to her, just theoretically, if if I could cast a curse on my father, would you want me to? I mean, hypothetically speaking, not that I can maybe actually, you know, curse someone, but if I could, would you want me to? <laughs> uh, but she says no, because that would mean that those events still have control over her, and she wants to eventually forget them. This is such good writing. It's so good, and he's like so, he's like, how can I help her? He's just like so upset because he wants to help her, and he just holds her. It, it keeps repeating how, how she starts to shiver every time he touches her. Yeah, but he does the right thing where he's just like, listen, I'm not going to push anything. You're going to process this the way you need to. I'm going to be here to support you because I don't have a say in this. Yeah. Like he's not like I'm. I'm gonna go back and and fuck that guy up because he because he, he messed with you. He's not like I'm gonna kill my dad because what he did to you. He's like, nope. It's about you, not about me. Yeah, it's good surprising writing because it doesn't do that thing where like love is a magic cure that heals her PTSD. Yeah, yeah. The PTSD keeps it's still there and it's still going to be there even though. Yep. The the emotional relationship that they have is so real. It feels very like real and and. Sort of like, I mean, it, it feels, I guess, it's not modern in a sense, but it's like, it's universal, right? It's like two people lev- leveling with each other as human beings and respecting each other as human beings. And it's yeah. just, it's really, really good. Uh, really, you really feel it. And Michelle internally resolves that he's going to care for her and he's going to, he's going to really try. Like he's, he realizes that he needs to take care of her more than he has been. Now, what do you think about the art they put, like, over this scene? Because the, the art is... 
There, the art is some big honking bazongas. Exactly, um, and, and and I can't decide if it's a, because it is. There's something about it that isn't exactly like sexy, but on the other hand, it's it's, it's yeah, huge It boobs. feels it feels very like this is just my art style. Yeah, there's definitely like a trope part of this, but there's also like like the facial expressions are not. Um, Hey, this is sexy stuff. Yeah. Just you know, if you want to whack off, to pause the game and whack off. <laughs> like, I mean, you it, still can. One of those things. I mean, you could. Yeah, I mean, it's up to you. But, yeah, but you could also do that at any point in the game. But I mean, it doesn't feel like <laughs> the game is not encouraging this behavior. Uh, that's the fact that the the outfits uh, Giselle wears to, throughout most of this chapter is not something I would imagine someone with PTSD would wear. Yeah. Yeah, her titties is just out all the time. There, are, yeah. there, there's also in this art. Uh, at least I didn't notice any any actual scars, despite that being you know sort of the point of the. It's supposed to be all in all in the all in her like lower body. Uh, we only showing the upper body, yeah. Yeah, but it is important that they keep mentioning it without showing it, and they do show the breasts a lot for a long time. A long time. <laughs> I remember reading something about like nineteenth or eighteenth century fashion or something like that, where like. It, not, and not all times in, uh, like, Western culture were breasts considered sexual. So, I mean, obviously they are now. So, like, having Giselle have her tits out all the time, like, means something currently. Like, I, so. I, I do this. That's it. Those times in humanity when breasts weren't considered sex, that was why they called it the Dark Age. <laughs> but anyway. Ah, <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> um, it was, like, much more like, these are for babies. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> no, no, no. It, just, it was just sort of a funny thing to imagine, like some, some, like some guy in a church or something. Like these are for babies. With yeah. like, you know, but do not covet the breasts because those are for babies. Which is weird because at some point, some guy was like, "Hmm, actually, these are good." That was like, yeah, that's like a total fetish back then, right? Like, we're, okay, I'm sorry. Where'd you really hear? People were probably always the same. Yeah, they were exactly the same. <laughs> They've always been the same. There were there were totally feet people back in the the dark ages. Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah. Because like ninety percent of like kink is just like you shit say I should do this shit. Well, fuck yeah, I'm gonna do this shit all over the place. Like that's what we do. We are human beings who need to react to stuff that you tell me not to do. So meanwhile, back at the mansion, um, Giselle. <laughs> So so they hold each other for a long time, and Giselle is like, I can't, like, be, she, like, she's like, I can't, like, touch you in that way, or, like, I, I can't be intimate with you, but I would like to be. Like, I want to be eventually able to do that. And uh, then the next scene is the next morning, and she, when she wakes up, she, like, I like this a lot because I think this is a really good characterization of Giselle where she tries to cover up the uncomfortable discussion they had the previous night by making a dirty joke as if they had had sex, which would obviously be like extremely traumatizing to her. Um, and he's yep. like, don't do that. Like, you know, like, don't make jokes like that. Like, you don't have to do that. And she's like, oh, I won't. Okay. Yeah, he shuts it down right away. He's just like, no, no, we, that's, that's inappropriate. Like, I, I was here for you and like, this, this just wasn't a thing that you need to cover up. Yeah. And also, I mean, I think it has some significance to him and his own body issues as well. Mm hmm. Then he tries to call her babe. <laughs> Yeah, that that was the best part of the. This is the best part of the chapter. Absolutely, really. That that that's, that's the line I was talking about earlier. That I think they went too far. Oh yeah. <laughs> what 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 is it in Japanese? Because it's obviously he's trying to call her a pet name, right? Like 
In Japanese, he usually calls her... So you know how in Japanese they have, like, several second-person pronouns to use? Mm-hmm. In different situations? Mm-hmm. So throughout most of the chapter, he uses, like, uh, Anata, which is the one most Westerners know, which is, like, kind of distant and and maybe a little condescending. So she tells him not to call her that, and he tries... Eventually, she wants him to call him by your name. Just say Giselle. But the the one that they translated as um, as babe is like he 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 goes to Kimi, which is another second person um, pronoun that's more for um, like loved ones. Oh, that's much sweeter than yeah, their I choice would... of babe. I, 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 I just emphasize his like ex like the way he is distant from the current conversation. I would translate it to something like dear. I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Tits McGee. That's how I would translate it. Sorry. Good morning, sugar tits. Yeah, there you go. There you go. That's it. That is much closer to the original. They text it like so much into modern speech that Yeah, just... that's it's very modern and gross. Babe's and weird you... too. Like I feel like it, it's one of the Sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Tell me your opinions on calling your loved one babe. I it's it's just a weird thing to read. It comes across very aloof, I think, you know. Or, like, I don't know. You think of, like, a surfer guy, like, being like, hey, babe, or, like... Yeah, you know. exactly. Yeah. But also, like, it's... it's your, your, The way you converse with someone, especially someone intimate, is framed by the way you have always conversed with them. Like, the way you've done it from the beginning. And if you jump from, like, never saying that to saying it, it's gonna sound weird as well. Yeah, but they've been using, mm-hmm. like, she, she called him master, and you can't really do that, they think, with, with a lover. Probably. Yeah. Well, I mean. Yeah, well, you can, but, but not, not like not this. In, but also, that transition makes more sense than going from, like, hey, you, to hey, babe. Yeah. Uh, so, then there's a break again where we're back in the present moment, and uh, the maid is saying to us, or to Michelle, uh, why not stop here and continue from that moment, that happy moment, instead of finishing the story? And he's like, we have to finish the story. And she asks him to hold her hand again. And he thinks like, oh, she's been asking me to hold her hand this whole time. But maybe it wasn't for me. Maybe it was for her. Yeah. So a month has passed since they confessed they loved each other. And Michelle's father has died. And uh, Michelle is like, oh, so I might, like, they might tell me to come home now. Um, but they still don't know. Like, they don't know what's going to happen, um, because, like, nobody's telling them, like, one way or the other. And so they're talking about it at night uh, while they're laying in bed, and, uh, you know, Michelle's worried, and, and Giselle's like, well, if, if it doesn't happen, you know, I would be happy staying here with you. Like, I don't have to go back. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And they're both, like, just nervous about change after all this time. And, uh, and then at that moment, um, Giselle's like, you know, she basically says, like, that they could have sex right now if he wanted to, that she felt, like, comfortable enough, finally. Um, but, uh, Michelle kind of deflects it for his own sake. He's, he's kind of like, oh, no, I mean, we don't need to rush into this or anything. Um. Yeah, but she, she also still clearly still has PTSD because he tries to touch her a little bit and she still, uh, she's, she's still, um. Shivering. And so she's still, but she wants to work on it. But I think he is, he is also uncomfortable yeah. just with his own body issues. 
And um, so the next day, Michel writes a letter to his family. And uh, he writes two letters, one to his brother and one oh, to yeah. his mother, which is probably important. And uh, then we switch to Giselle's perspective, and she's like telling herself, like, when it, whatever happens, it's going to be okay. And uh, then a group of people approaches the mansion, and um, it's not an escort. It, and it's not even an angry mob. It's a bunch of knights. Goddamn crusade is here, y'all. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It is definitely the... Uh, well, Jim spoiled that for us. Yeah, I mean, people are shooting arrows through the windows. There's a knight with his cross on his chest. <laughs> but before she realizes that, she thinks it might be the villagers. Yeah, coming, yeah, to, to kill them after they drove them away. So, yeah, so there's, like, a, a bunch of soldiers that are gonna, t that are attacking the mansion, and, um, just like, bef just like in the previous chapter, they, they run up to the observation tower and, uh, hide in there and hope that they don't find him. And, um, Michelle says that this is all his fault because he challenged the witch, and because of that, she made his curse real. Which is a loaded statement. Hmm. And uh, so they hide in the observation room and Michelle starts talking to the witch again. And um, it, he, Giselle like, doesn't know what he's talking to her about, but he just kind of like zones out for a minute and then comes back. And, um, and he's like, I'm gonna, and he runs out of the room to give his life to protect her. And she's like, Michelle, the witch isn't real. And he's like, the witch told me that she would ensure your safety. And, um, and so she's on the other side of the door, like banging on the door. She's like, the witch isn't real. Like, it's just, it's like, it's just something you made up to deal with being alone. And he's like, no, she's real. And, uh, she's like, banging she's on the real door and my and best yelling. friend. Yeah. The witch is real and my friend. And uh, she's, she's like banging on the door and screaming, but it seems like only Michelle can hear her and nobody else. And uh, yeah, it seems like the witch is definitely real. Yeah, the witch is definitely real. The knights come up the stairs. They all stab Michelle at the same time. We get a CG of Michelle being stabbed multiple times, and um, Giselle also cannot open the door. Like she she's locked in um, it by like in a magical sense, because after uh, Michelle dies and the knights are gone, and they drag his body away. Yeah, and she screams the whole time and they can't hear her. Yeah. And she screams that, like, that, like, Michelle is not cursed, he's not a witch, like, he's, he, you know, let him go, like, it's not fair. And, um... She even says that she's the witch that they should take her instead. And they kill him and they drag him off to crucify him, which is what we heard at the very beginning of the game, where someone yeah. was dead and being dragged mm, to be crucified. And yep. we're like, who crucifies people after they die? Yep. Oh, by the way, um, th that actually is very, very common when they crucified people. Is th It would typically be after they died. Mm -hmm. The more you know. So after a long time passes, the door suddenly and unceremoniously opens. And uh, Giselle sees Michelle's blood all over the floor. And um, those are all the memories that Michelle has, because that's when he died. And now we're back in the present with the maid. And he says, 
well, next I need to hear from you. And she's like, okay, I'm going to tell what happened next. And we get a title card. The Maid's Tale. The Sixth Door. 1099 through question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. And she emphasizes the fact that, like, you left me. Like, I was, this was not okay that you decided for me. You left me behind, and this is what happens after I left. After you left. Yeah, so it sounds like he made a deal with the witch, and then she makes a deal with the witch, and that's the whole problem. If they had died right there, yep, none of this would have, I mean, they would have been dead, but uh, obviously reincarnation is real, so uh, maybe they <laughs> maybe they would have found a happier life on their own without the witch's magic. Yep, but we will discover that next time. Mm-hmm. Next time. On the house of in of, Wait, I, of regarding next time because I'm looking at the workshop right now and I'm not sure how far we're, we're supposed to read based on this workshop. Exactly half of chapter six, which is up to your own discretion. Yeah. But one thing, um, try to save often because at one point there's going to be uh, a choice. Not really a choice. It's it's a, a limited time choice. You oh have, my god. You have you have three seconds to, to click something. And if you don't, you get another bed. 30 hours in and they give you 30 seconds. And they're like, time's choice. 30 seconds, to, is it to click a boob? Because again, I think, you know, it, it, odds it, are. No, it, it's not It's not 30. It, it's not 30. It's three, three seconds. Three wow. seconds. Wow. And okay. if you don't click it, you get a bed ending. And if you do click it, you... On it, a you game get... with so minimal interaction wow. so far, why would they do that? Okay, so what, we'll, what we're going to do here is, like, for, for all those of you listening, when we figure out what this is, when the first one of us sacrifices our save, we will post this in the, the, um, the Twitter page. And yeah. We, yeah, we'll we, tweet we, it. We'll tweet this out well, and this, let you know. Well, this, this, uh, selection, this um, choice is, is inside chapter, so I guess we will look at the bad ending, and then we, we load and continue on. Uh, but when be- then between chapter six and chapter seven, there's another like sub chapter that I'm just not sure if we if it's long or not, and if we should do it now or not. I guess we'll we'll find out and keep you posted. Yeah, we'll right, find yeah. out if it's too long or when when we'll cut it. So theories. Yes, there, I mean, I think I think yeah, I think we know the big theory, right? Yeah, and I, I agree now. I'm 100% in. Yeah, I, I think Michelle is trans. Um, trans or something, yeah. yeah. Intersex, at least. In the first story. And gender then, nonconforming. John, yeah, exactly. Gender nonconforming in, in some way, which was rejected at the time period, and then becomes different <laughs> things. A.K.A. every possible way. I'm still not. I'm, I'm still not sure if something was was wrong with his body when he was born, or if he made a deal with the witch, which made him that way, but. It could be, it can go something something weird gender wise is going on. Yes. Yeah, and uh, then uh, do we do we think that Michelle then is the white haired girl? He might be. Could be. Yeah, I think so. I I think being reincarnated, uh, Michelle keeps being reincarnated as the white haired girl. Yeah. Oh, and keeps being ignored. Yes, I think. Yeah, I'm in on turbos. That is like it makes much more sense that Michelle keeps being reincarnated as this whitehead girl, you know, who I think Michelle as a person was intended to be, and then and then just keeps being ignored and doesn't find out till the end. That that seems like that would be a really good like whole plot line. 
And I, I don't know if the maid is just the maid. I would also be inclined to wonder if the maid is actually other characters in the story, but she has removed herself as a separate actor, like, to avoid oh owning she's up to- Oh my god, Jackoffo! If she's- yeah, what if she's the, the boy? She could totally be Jackoffo! Just, they keep switching gender roles! And, uh, like, it, or, like, cause we said, like, it, her personality is more like the, the, the non-white-haired girl female characters in the chapters as well, so, like, I'm really curious, like, I, I could buy that she was one of those other characters instead. Pauline is really similar, it's, it's a really similar character, and then, yeah, there's aspects of her in, in Maria as well. And maybe a little bit in Ellie, but that's stretching it. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's all strange. So, um, uh, but I if it, it like the fact that the maid was telling us these stories and then like she wasn't like she said she was present, but she wasn't present in the way that she said she was. Like, it makes me think like maybe she ha- was not present in any of the, like she was present in those eras, but it was in a different way. Oh, what do you think happened to her? I mean, we'll, we'll find out in the next chapter, but. Um... Well, they, they kind of alluded to it in the previous chapter where she uh, she made a deal with the witch. That yeah, that's she, that much, they much would... too simple. I mean, we're going to get the whole chapter about what's going on with Giselle after Michelle dies. Yeah, probably probably what the witch actually what the witch actually did to them is obviously a lot more fucked up. Oh, now I'm thinking about those like crunchy bone sounds. Yeah, the zipping sounds. And then who is the witch? What's going on with the witch herself? I don't know. I don't know where that comes from. Yeah, who is the witch? Hmm. Who is Morgana? Is she really just like some other character? Is she a reflection? I think at this point she's a separate person. Yeah. I think, yeah, she's just a ghostly witch that, like, is the house. Yeah, she wields power over the house, 100%. But why does she hate everyone? We have no idea. That'll probably be the very last chapter of this game, even after we find out Michelle's backstory. There's also the writing that Maria found in the third, that was in, in her own handwriting. Do you remember that? Or what's that all about? Yeah, like, it's punish them, but punish the bloodline, but save me. What does that even mean? But, but, but then the whole thing was that the master of the house, their bloodline was halted. So, like, what, yeah, what does that have anything to do with Michelle and Giselle's love story to halt the bloodline? For either of them, because, like, Michelle has brothers, and yeah. Giselle is a woman, so, like, I don't... She wasn't carrying on any bloodline anyway. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. There's, there, There is a lot up in the air, which is, you know, they are carrying the narrative well. Because you shouldn't know at this point in the narrative. You shouldn't know. Yeah. Yeah, but overall, it was a really, just a, just such a, such a emotionally real, like, intimacy between these two characters that was really raw and real feeling and just very powerful, so. But not scary. For a horror VN, the worst chapter, no, I'm joking, sorry. I was I was very satisfied with this chapter because I, I, I left the last one with a lot of questions and this one actually, I think, just adequately answered all of them also i wouldn't say it's not scary because what's scarier than emotional vulnerability oh this is true (laughs) but i'm saying all because yes it is true (laughs) Mm. 
Maybe the real horror was inside all of us after all. The real horror is always inside of all yeah. of us, let's be honest. Yeah. But I mean, like, the big thing for me was like, yeah, yeah, I think that the fact that this chapter dealt with the real emotional repercussions of significant trauma in a way that made sense to the narrative. Yeah. yeah this is probably my favorite chapter. I think I enjoy this the most. Yeah. Which is I- good because it's like improving as we go. Other than the one chapter was that was a little bit of a dip, I think we the, this narrative is growing and it's very enjoyable. Mm. I don't want to say it's satisfying; that's not the right word, but it's it's ref- maybe refreshing even to see like heavy subject matter like handled like maybe not not even just well, but like almost elegantly in a way. Like it's it, yeah. re- you know what I yeah. mean? Like it really. There is a there usually like that stuff's brought up and it is just like a plot point kind of thing, but it almost feels like they were ready to like really work that into the into the story and it like felt like part of it. You know what I mean? Like, I think there's going to end yeah. up being a lot of parallels between Giselle's like the sexual violence that Giselle experienced and whatever violence Michelle has experienced. Like I, I feel like yeah. they're being yep. set up like the the things that happened to Giselle seem very over the top and horrific but it does make me wonder if once we find out what happened to michelle it will be more parallel yeah it seems like they were definitely identifying on like a deep level which isn't obvious in the beginning Mm. and uh yeah i'm I'm really interested to see where it goes because i think that's the big thing is like it this this whole narrative doesn't take for granted people who have experienced significant trauma like it it lets you experience the recovery even in a small sense with them, which is, uh, it's, it's refreshing because you don't see that very often. It's very compassionate and understanding to why people do horrible things. Yep. And yeah. And I, and we said it earlier too. And usually it's like, ah, love has cured me from that, which ails me. And it's like, no, this is, it was, yeah. Yeah. There's way too many stories where you get the rape and then you get the like, oh, but I'm good now because you just love me. You love me out of that whole horrible experience and life-changing you know yeah awfulness and even michelle is like why would i think that that would have happened like he's like that yeah. was stupid of me to even think that she could heal from this so quickly and then they they, they even oh i don't know if we brought it up but they give the scene where right before the whole trauma thing oh that's right you did mention that but like yeah like the, the fact that they they hint at like oh we, she could be recovered but no she's not recovered like that's such a great idea yeah it's very compassionate to yeah. mm-hmm. to Giselle. Um, so, yeah, things are probably gonna get more horrible from here. <laughs> yeah. Until next time, All right. folks. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, welcome back to Fatamagana. Good, good luck in that next week. That's not foreboding at all. I wish we had, like, a cool door closing sound effect. Like, an old mm. creaky door closing. That would be a good... Anyway. I would do that. Hey, Tone, how about Fata Morgana? <laughs> have, a fa- have a nice Fata Morgana, you alright? See you next week, folks. Yeah. Hey! Ka-chunk. Hey! Hopefully we get to see more titties, am I right? <laughs> oh my all right. god. Take easy. Hey, Paul, hey. you want to see some titties? <laughs> <laughs>
Tone, I don't get it. It's not like a movie. It's not like a, it's not like a video game. What is it? It's a visual fucking novel. You read it left to right. What are you doing? No, you open it up this way. You read it back that way. I'm imagining Tommaso and Jacopo having this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Y'all haven't seen the, the trending thing about <laughs> about the Sopranos reading manga. You need to go search that out on Twitter. It's real good. It is, yeah. All right. All right. So long, everybody.